0: At at its core, an entrepreneur is looking at a need and an opportunity and how to to bring something to people, right? Um, Whether it's a product or a service that fills a gap. And it's really easy to come up with ideas. But successful entrepreneurs are willing to kind of really dive into the messiness of figuring out how those ideas come to life and how they get to the people.
1: Welcome to Made in the High Country, a podcast that takes you inside the entrepreneurial landscape of Western North Carolina and the people within it. I'm your host, Samantha Wright, and today on our program, you'll hear how an organization called NC Tech Paths is on a mission to turn Western North Carolina into a nationally recognized hub for rural tech workers. You'll be hearing from NC Tech Paths director, Zach Barricklow on not only how they are achieving this mission and very effectively at that, I might add, but you'll also learn how an organization with so much momentum and success even gets started in the first place. What pieces are needed to make a broad reaching mission-driven program come together and the key ingredients needed to help it grow? Director Zach Barrick was recognized in 2020 as one of Business NC Magazine's under 40 trailblazers. He was the co-founder and managing partner of Versado Training, which was recognized as one of the fastest growing companies in America and Business NC's number three best employer in North Carolina among small and medium companies. And he is the vice president of rural innovation at Wilkes Community College. However, you won't be hearing much about his own achievements from Zach. Instead, you'll meet a man who is deeply invested in utilizing his talents and rallying the resources around him to positively impact the rural community that he loves. We start our conversation off with my recap of a recent tour of NC Tech Path's current project, which is the construction of a rural tech outpost and co-working space in downtown North Wilkesboro called The Masthead. So I recently got to spend the afternoon with um, Zach Barricklow and your colleague, Doran Tripp, uh, went down to Wilkesboro and got toured around the soon-to-open co-working space uh, called The Masthead, which was... This 12,000 square foot, modern, beautifully designed, co-working heaven, as I like to call it. I felt like I was kind of in like Google headquarters or something like that. It just, it felt, yeah, it's absolutely phenomenal. So um, I just wanted to kind of start there with this painting a picture for people of what's happening down in Wilkesboro right now. It's such an exciting time. And to see these projects coming to life with with the masthead, um, you know, we even went next door to tour the block, which was this amazing family centered kids play place that was hu- a massive, huge and amazing fun. And we've got so much going on with the downtown district there. So, you know, let, let's kind of start there and then back up and get to know you a little bit. But paint a picture for folks of what's happening down there right now.
0: Yeah, this is a really exciting time to be in Wilkes County, and uh, uh, particularly in these the boroughs, as they refer to them, the North Wilkesboro, town of North Wilkesboro, and Wilkesboro, uh, which sit really close to one another. They're only separated by uh, by the river, by the Yadkin River. They're these beautiful little downtowns, and what we're seeing right now is that there is a, a renewed sort of interest and heartbeat. In these downtowns these historic downtowns um and so that that's taken a lot of different forms there's been an injection of you know new entrepreneurial spirit and um, blending with kind of legacy entrepreneurial spirit um so so much of our story here is is common to kind of rural america over the last 20 30 years is that a lot of folks have have had to leave in order to Um, pursue their career and raise their family. They felt like they had to leave. And so right now we're in this kind of renaissance in in Wilkes County where we're talking about how do we leverage our existing beautiful outdoor amenities. We have some of the best mountain biking in the state and in the Southeast United States. Um, We have uh, national and state parks. We have uh, these beautiful downtowns. And so how do we pair that with uh, how do we pair that with recreational amenities for for young young kids and with families? And uh, how do we uh, improve our early childhood and childcare ecosystem? And uh, how do we take advantage of these beautiful rivers that run through our downtowns? And so, uh, right now we're in the kind of the, in the midst of a, a renaissance with that. And, and the masthead, our co working space is is one piece of that puzzle.
1: And with this sort of, like you said, renaissance coming to pass, there's a lot of different factors involved, external and internal. There's p- different kinds of people and organizations involved mixed with, I assume the pandemic probably had something to do with, with this shift that's happening where maybe people are realizing that, oh, like we can work more remotely. You know, we maybe we don't have to leave and look at all these job opportunities that occur through that um and that shift of people realizing that their quality of life is really what's most important you know over over career that's a shift that i feel like a lot of people felt absolutely um and so those are just a few factors i can think of but what what else causes this sort of shift do you feel like in as far as the people involved you know is there an organization a government um that comes in and says hey we want to make these things a top priority. And here's what we're willing to do and invest in to make that happen.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think the short answer is yes. It takes all of those things. And that's what's happening. I think that's why it's working actually, is that it really isn't unilateral. It's not one group. It's not one person. And it's not even one factor or force. It's all of those things coming together. So you have this injection of some new uh, entrepreneurial uh, entrepreneurial energy um, uh, as well as as I mentioned earlier kind of legacy entrepreneurial energy that Wilkes County is historically a hotbed for entrepreneurship there's so many companies that have uh, started here and been launched here Lowe's is the classic example Lowe's Hardware started in Wilkes County you know back in the Early nineteenth century, and is now a Fortune 50 company. Uh, and there's several several other companies uh, that grew to be national leaders in their field from this space. And so, you're kind of building on a foundation uh, of that entrepreneurial spirit. So, how do we pull our industry and our business leaders together with our educational leaders, together with our elected officials and public managers, and figure this out? Yeah, you know, because we're small relative to you know, a big metropolitan place, which means that we may have somewhat limited resources, but there's a strength in the smallness in the sense that uh, we know each other and we share a common objective and we can roll up our sleeves and work together.
1: In talking with Zach, it became clear that this mentality of small communities rolling up their sleeves and getting to work has been ingrained in him from an early age. He grew up in a small town himself and always admired the camaraderie of tight-knit communities.
0: The mutual spirit of wanting your neighbor to be well and succeed Um, I think that's a spirit that flows through rural communities really in a strong way.
1: This experience eventually led Zach to join the Peace Corps, where he spent a lot of time doing community development in Central South America. It was through the Peace Corps that he met his now wife, who was originally from Sparta, North Carolina, and is how Zach found his way to the area and working to develop programs for Wilkes Community College.
0: So our motivation at the college was increasing student success. That's the you know that's the mission of every college, um, but it, particularly for a community college, which is a place-based institution devoted to these communities, uh, it goes beyond just student success. We really want to impact the community and impact the local economy. And so, throughout the last five years, as we've been working on uh, uh, improving student success at the college, which which has been tremendously successful. We've almost doubled the graduation rate in that five year period. Wow. Um, with a lot of support in, inside and outside of the college to make that happen. But one of the things that we were always aimed at was a thriving community and economic mobility for our students. And so as we looked at different strategies to facilitate that economic mobility, uh, one of the concepts that we dove into was this idea of remote work and telework and looking at opportunities for our students beyond our, you know, local, uh, local industries, uh, because that's where a lot of those high paying jobs are is in that digital economy. And so we, we started studying the digital economy and looking for opportunities there. And that ultimately led us to, uh, to the decision to start NC Tech Paths with the help of the Linergy Herring Family Foundation. Um, we started NC TechPaz as a nonprofit alongside the college to really be focused on helping local folks uh, get access to the training and the job placement uh, to get into technology jobs specifically. So you know software engineering, IT support, network management, cybersecurity, those types of fields. We specifically focused in on those types of fields because, um, they pay on average double the median household income of our community. They are very remote work friendly, which means that we don't have to export people to Raleigh and Charlotte. We can keep them here and, um, and they're in really high demand. So companies across the state and across the country are struggling to fill those positions and we have a workforce that uh, that is willing and able if they just have the right training and the right connections. So that's what we set up NC Tech Pass to do is to support the training and the placement of individuals looking into looking to get into technology jobs.
1: And tell me about the timeline of that a little bit because it seems like these were a series of really smart decisions that were made, implemented very quickly, and has just as quickly, had tremendous success.
0: Yeah, you know, I think I think to, to some extent uh, this is similar to to certain other kind of startup scenarios where the overnight success came years later. <laughs> it's like an overnight <laughs> success several <laughs> years later. Um, we uh, we started looking at this three and a half years ago, so well before the pandemic. Uh, but uh, but we we. We started with this, we started where you start, especially in a rural community, which is what do we have? What are we working with? One of the things that we're working with here is really strong fiber optic internet uh, running throughout our three-county region, Ashe County, Allegheny County, Wilkes County. We have some of the best internet in North Carolina and the Southeast United States. In fact, the little town of Sparta had gig-capable fiber optic connection before Charlotte, before Miami, before Atlanta, Wow, why uh, it is ran that? through our region. So our our rural cooperatives, Skyline Membership Corporation, Wilkes Communications, they were very proactive in in the early two thousands uh, and uh, and two thousand tens, applying for federal grants to run that infrastructure through our region, and 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 by virtue of doing that, um, gave access to. Nearly 90% of our very rural se- sections of the, of the counties here, mountainous areas that, uh, that, that have gig-capable fiber. I have a friend who, who works for Red Hat uh, based in, in Raleigh, very successful tech company, and she has stronger internet at her cabin in Allegheny than she does in her house downtown Raleigh. Wow. And she has like two creek crossings to get into her cabin and <laughs> still has stronger internet, gig capable internet to work from. And so we have this, this great asset. And that's where the, that was sort of the origin of the whole thing. And I want to give credit where credit is due. Those rural co-ops were really proactive and set us up for this. Uh, Blue Ridge Energy is another one I, I didn't mention, uh, another rural co-op that was looking ahead. And so we started there. What do we have? We have great internet. Okay, now the next question is, how do you leverage that? How do you use that? And so we started looking at um, other communities around the country and what they were doing and how they were taking advantage of that. Um, and so we started to kind of piece together ideas that uh, that eventually led to this. And so we, we one of the things that we did was we joined on with uh, NC State University's Institute for Emerging Issues. They had a cohort of communities looking at technological opportunity and how to foster kind of equitable technological opportunity. Uh, they were a tremendous help to us. We, we were able to access a, an uh, Appalachian Regional Commission subgrant through Institute for Emerging Issues. We were able to access some other kind of starter grants from our rural co-ops, Blue Ridge Energy and Skyline Membership Corporation, uh, as well as the Linergy Herring Family Foundation. And that gave us some resources to use in, in our R&D uh, that, that eventually led to NC Tech Paths yeah. being formed.
1: So, that is exactly what you described. That's o- overnight success three years later. Right. right <laughs> <seemed> exactly. Like... <laughs> I love yeah. that. And I love how many different organizations and people were involved, sort of like what we were talking about. Earlier, with this sort of renaissance feeling that's happening in Wilkes right now, it's not just one factor or one person causing this, it's this cacophony of all these different moving parts that have come together. But really, what is at the heart of moving that forward is the people who care, the people who right. love this community and want to see it thrive, and so keep making those decisions to push forward and make change right these are changes that are happening that would not be possible without the people behind them investing that time investing that energy into making that happen so i love that's that. right um that's well exactly tell right. us about nc tech paths a little bit more what exactly are you doing and what are some of the success stories coming out of that
0: nc, St- NC tech paths was formerly uh uh uh, legally formed, I should say NC Tech Baz was legally formed in late 2021, and we launched publicly in late January of 2022. So, just about 10 months ago. And one of the things that we did right away with NC Tech Baz was we brought in a partner to uh, to pair with Wilkes Community College and provide tech training uh, on an accelerated basis. So Perscolas, P-E-R-S-C-H-O-L-A-S, Perscolas is a national organization that uh, has historically operated in major metropolitan cities. They do accelerated tech training for entry level tech positions and they agreed to uh, pilot a rural concept with Wilkes Community College. So since January, we have run, we're into our third cohort of, uh, of training in uh, software engineering and IT support. We've even done a little bit of cybersecurity with Prescolas. It all runs through Wilkes Community College, so it's all a big partnership. Uh, but uh, since January. So since January, since we first launched this, we've we've uh, we've put um, about twenty four individuals uh, through training programs and placed them into jobs. And we've placed uh, we've placed ninety five percent of our graduates. We did have one graduate that uh, had a baby and wanted to uh, hold off on going into the workforce, and that's the only individual that we haven't placed so far. So wow. we're really pleased about that. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, really high job placement rate and. One of the things that's most exciting about it is that the individuals who have gone through this program for software engineering, those individuals moved from on average earning $32,000 a year to earning close to $60,000. And within a year, many of those folks will be in the $70,000 range. Uh, In the IT support space, on average, those individuals came into the program earning $27,000 a year. And they were placed into jobs paying uh, forty seven, forty eight thousand with benefits, and so a, a pretty tremendous, a little over seventy percent increase in earnings uh, within you know a six month, five six month period.
1: Wow! And who are these students? Are there any that kind of stick out in your mind um, that you were able to to work with that made you just really proud of this program?
0: Yeah, there's so every single one of them honestly yeah. <laughs> makes me so proud to be associated with this uh, just phenomenal people and uh so I mean a couple there's there's one that is uh, near and dear to my heart a young man who actually dropped out of of high school and uh later came back to get his GED and was really kind of trying to figure out his his path his way what he was interested in and uh, through this is another great example of the village effect, right? It's not one thing. It's not one program, but through the mentorship from a pastor actually was encouraged to look into technology jobs and actually sponsored him uh, taking one of those short courses online just to kind of test it out. He found that he liked it. That pastor connected him up with me we got him into the Prescolis program, and that young man is uh, now employed at Lowe's in their IT support function, and is on a path to becoming a software engineer for Lowe's. Um, this is a this is a young guy who's worked really hard over the last year to find what he's passionate about and take the steps to pursue it, and I am so proud. Of, uh, of that that young man, as uh, as as I've gotten a, a chance to just be a small part of his journey. Another learner and and really multiple learners that I'm so proud of um, in this program so far are individuals who really have overcome some pretty significant challenges in life. And let me just say that one of the things that I love about working with a community college is that. It serves the top 100% of students. (laughs) It's one of my favorite uh, kind of sayings (laughs) about the community college. Um, We serve the top 100%. And there are a lot of individuals who have tremendous talent and capacity in our community, but maybe have a lot more headwind in their life, a lot more barriers in their life uh, than I do to pursue that capacity. And we've had individuals already in our program, I'm thankful to say, that have um, overcome pretty significant challenges from homelessness, to uh, food insecurity, uh, to you know, lack of a laptop or digital device to even take this course uh, and pursue this. And. Thankfully, we have had support from the college, we've had support from the Herring Family Foundation, we've had support from others. Uh, NC Works is another agency that's been tremendous help to us in coming alongside those individuals and helping them navigate their way to the right resources uh, to pair with this tech training and job placement. And uh, it's really been heartening to see them overcome those challenges and 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 really they have done the work to put themselves in a completely different position than they were in a year ago.
1: So much of the work that you have done and NC Tech Paths has done has come out of a place of so much connectivity between different people, different organizations, different aspects of the community. A new job title for you I've coined is professional dot connector.
0: <laughs> <I love it>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that seems to be um, something you're extremely good at. Um, do you have any advice for people of, of tips for learning how to connect those dots? Because that does seem like a massive part of what you do and something that you are extremely good at. Have you always been that way?
0: You know, I think the key for me has been forgetting about myself in the process. I hated the the, the term networking and I hated the concept of networking when I was in college and when I was you know, young. I just hated the whole idea of networking for my own ambitions and, and advancement. You know, that just really felt bad <laughs> and, and was uh, not a good fit. But what I've found uh, as, as my journey has progressed is that if I can just forget about myself and really let the passion for what we're trying to accomplish flow, then I love connecting with people. I love connecting people and programs and resources. And that's where the magic happens is when I think we, it's sort of like that creative flow, right? You, you just lose yourself in it and and get pulled along. And that's been a real key ingredient for me is just forgetting myself and thinking about all of the ways that the next person I'm interacting uh, with could uh, plug into to something that, My friend or my neighbor or my coworker or a a, a partner across the state or across the community, uh, what they're doing.
1: Yeah. Well, this is a moment I'm going to shamelessly plug. uh, One of the main things that we do at Startup High Country is our monthly socials. You know, once a month, we've always prioritized, once a month, we just want to create an opportunity for folks to get together. To connect those dots Mm. and sort of what you were talking about earlier, you always cringe at the at the term networking. You know, we've always tried to avoid calling those events a networking event because that just feels intimidating. It feels like you said, like it's all about what can I get out of this. But um, but really what we why we prioritize doing that every month is so people can just come together and connect those dots, right? Rub those shoulders together. Like what Jeffrey Scott says, have those happy accidents happen because there is such a magic that occurs when you get people together in the same room, just having conversations with one another.
0: Absolutely. I 100% agree with that.
1: Well, Zach, this has been incredible. And before you go, we always love to Ask our guests this closing question, and it is: What is the latest high country moment that you experienced?
0: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, the recency bias here because uh, we're talking on November first, and Halloween was just last night. Is that right? Yeah, Saturday evening uh, North Wilkesboro, downtown North Wilkesboro, all of the downtown merchants got together and organized an event, uh, that drew thousands of folks, uh, from across the county, every variation of dinosaur from, you know, from purple to blue, to green, to fluffy, to giant air-filled.
1: Yeah. I saw a lot of dinosaurs out last night too.
0: (laughs) Yeah. All the costumes imaginable. Um, but just, uh, the whole community coming out for not just candy but to connect and you know they had hay rides and the, the bakery was giving out donuts and uh, the whole thing was just beautiful it was just a beautiful show of of community and then last night in the little town of sparta uh, the same kind of uh, program uh, happened and it was just so cool to walk down the road with somebody who was new to Sparta, new to that you know, kind of small-town feel. And by the end of the event, they knew 100 people in Sparta. <laughs> and, uh, and now when they walk into one of those shops or bump into somebody, the chances are they're going to recognize them. And I love that about small towns. I love that about small towns, just how... Uh, welcoming and warm they can be and how um, non-anonymous they can be. I realize anonymity is, is sometimes a, a strength of a big city that people enjoy. I actually, I love the the opposite, uh, the the idea of being known. And so when you walk into a coffee shop, you know a lot of the folks sitting there and you know their story. And um, and everybody's kind of rooting for each other and supporting each other. I love that fabric, that kind of community fabric that exists in a small town in the high country. And that uh, was on display this weekend with Halloween.
1: Thanks for tuning in with us today. This episode was produced and edited by me, Samantha Wright, Community Director at Startup High Country. Learn more about our workshops, resources, and events for current or aspiring entrepreneurs in the Western North Carolina area at StartUpHC.com. If you'd like to get more involved in the work that Zach and NC Tech Paths is up to, whether you are a prospective student interested in one of their programs, an employer looking to set up a student-to-employee pipeline, or a philanthropist looking to put your money to good use within the Western North Carolina region, contact Zach Baraglow through nctechpaths.org. That's nctechpaths, P-A-T-H-S, dot org. Startup High Country is supported by NC Idea, a private foundation that supports entrepreneurship in North Carolina through grants and innovative programs. Also, thank you to the Watauga Economic Development Center for their support and for helping to build the entrepreneurial landscape of Western North Carolina. I'm Samantha Wright, and you've been listening to Made in the High Country.